to a degree in sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside my great mate, Jeff Tate. Jeff, we had a heck of a day of college football yesterday. A lot of the games thought were going to be amazing weren't as exciting, and the games that were a little under the radar but still that we thought would be good um, really delivered yesterday. So it was, it was, all in all, great day of ball yesterday. Yeah, it was a good day. It was a good day to have be a fan of two teams because it wasn't a total emotional wreck like it would be if I was just a Michigan State fan because obviously we're going to get into that game, but that game was a joke. Uh, but Ohio State with a massive win at home against Penn State. So, yeah, it was a good day, Cole. Some crazy upsets that we're going to get into. Uh, some really interesting, like, end-of-game uh, touchdowns to win. Like, I'm, I'm Wake Forest Pitt was one of my picks of the week, and that one came down right to the end with the late cover. Uh, it wasn't a good week. A-plus picks, two and three for me. Cole was three and two. You got... Screwed a bit. We'll get to that in the Big Ten uh, when we get to those picks. But no, Cole, it was it was a good day of college football. Um, we're recording this Sunday, October 22nd. And a week from today, Michigan State plays Tennessee in a charity basketball exhibition. And it's basketball season for the Spartan fan base because uh, that team, I, I can't blame the team for any of that. I think that's all Mel Tucker and coaching and those guys are playing hard. They're just not good. So, yeah, it was a good day of football, Cole. Lots of uh, games I'm excited to talk to you with. Yeah, yeah. you better believe that we're going to get to that game later because, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. So, uh, just I was right. But, yeah, I mean, it was a good day. Some, some upsets, some some bad beats, some good beats uh, for Wake Forest. And, and, yeah, there was it was, it was really a – it really felt like a truly full day of college football yesterday. Uh, I watched um, really every every game I could. Constantly had multiple screens going, and it was uh, it was a truly a full day of of good college football, and um, it it really did not disappoint. Except for maybe one game wasn't as good as we wanted, but yeah, it didn't disappoint. No, and I want to because we are we cover college football, we cover college basketball. Uh, I know you are adamantly denying that all the reports of Michigan sign stealing are not accurate and uh, that they are not a big deal and they're not going to, I don't really care. What are your thoughts on it? We're, let's, let's start the podcast with that because we have to talk about it because you're a Michigan fan and we cover college football. So Cole, what are your thoughts on the allegations that Michigan is going to uh, future opponents and in-game scouting, which is illegal according to the NCAA, and then uh, obviously the rumor is they're stealing uh, the uh, team's play calls. Which you can, it's not just a play call; like it's <laughs> those plays are pretty elaborate. Like you, you're not just automatically looking at a sign and knowing what they run. So I think there's a lot to it, Cole. But what are your thoughts? It's first of all, I'm not I'm not going to say it's it's true or false yet. Um, it's definitely more of a non-factor and, and blown way out of proportion than people think. It's it's really not that big of a thing, whether it's true or not. The fact that you would have to find that sign and adjust that quick when a team is changing their signs every week, I mean, it's really just something that isn't that much of a factor. I mean, it's really just in person. That's not allowed to happen. You're allowed to steal signs with, from the film and like watching, watching them on TV. That's why coaches are always covering their mouths. Like, uh, it, it's really, and that's why they change them. They change signs pretty much every week. It, it's really a non-factor. Uh, it, and it, it really just goes to show kind of where the Michigan football program is at, that generally when teams start to get good, there's a lot of accusations that start to come out. 
uh, a lot of whining um, like the, from the team over there in East Lansing. That, that will happen. Um, uh, I mean, they, they said, oh, we don't know if we want to play this game. I mean, it was, I mean, it's, they're, they're, they're a bunch of babies over there, but uh, they're all, also, I heard, I heard a few things that maybe they're the ones who, who leaked the report and caused the biggest gripe with the Big Ten, but we don't need to even worry about it. Uh, we're just going to keep putting our head down and do what we do, and it, it really is a non-factor, and it doesn't matter at all. I want to say something real quick. The, that, that report of them not playing is, the, the Big Ten notified every team that is on the future for Michigan saying, hey, just so you know, if this allegation is true, it could endanger your players, blah, blah, blah. And Michigan State's not going to not play that game. Now, Michigan ducked Ohio State a few years ago with COVID when there's been some reports that have come out since that, that not all those guys actually had COVID at that time. We were in a pandemic, Jeff. No one knew what was going on. We had sick. We, we didn't know how severe it could be or how not. We were trying to protect people and protect life. So we didn't know what was going on there. Shout out to Harbaugh. He's just thinking of the people. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. But no, uh, I my thoughts on it are you got to give it time to uh, – like you got to let the investigation happen. Obviously they've identified the person that I don't know, that is the ringleader for it all. I, I don't really understand it much. Uh, it's not going to affect Michigan this football season at all. Like if it, if it comes out like this and you know how NCAA investigations are, I mean, this thing could take four years. I mean, Kansas basketball just got no, their final allegations last week for an investigation that was like four years ago. And it's like, I mean, they don't care. So it's not going to affect Michigan football on the field at all. Um, in fact, it's going to piss them off and make them play even better. So uh, good job, NCA, with that one. But no, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it. It had nothing to do with what happened last night. And it's not going to have anything to do with when they destroy Purdue next or two weeks. And then who knows how the rest of their season plays off. It's not going to affect any of it if they're find, found guilty of all of it and what the reports are there's going to be serious stuff that happens to Michigan but I don't think it's going to affect anything you watch this year on the field but that's kind of my two cents on it Cole um, I want to get into our conference by conference breakdown for uh, this past week and let's do this when we, we usually just go through the games talk that when we get done with each conference, let's just do a conference as a whole, little talk, just kind of where that conference is at. Or do they have a chance to make the playoff? Like, what do they need to make a playoff? Let's just do that. So start us off, Cole, in the ACC. Yeah, starting in the ACC, we're going to start with just the big one uh, that was last night. Duke loses to Florida State, 30-20 to at Florida State. And, I mean, Duke was there the whole game. They were leading uh, for a lot of that game, and, and their defense uh, really was doing a heck of a job. Their offense was moving the ball uh, well enough. And then um, I think you can put your finger on the, the one point in the game where this changed when uh, Riley Leonard gets hurt. Uh, it's fourth and three on the like 15, 20-yard line. They decide to go for it, and which is stupid. They, they were up. 20 to 17 at this point. Like, let's kick a field goal here. You have your backup quarterback in. They, they put their backup quarterback in and they try to throw for the first down. And then they pursue to not score the rest of the game. Florida State just marches up and down the field and then scores 21 in the fourth quarter and kills them, um, winning 38 to 20, breaking a lot of Duke betters' hearts. And it was just, what are we doing here? You have a backup quarterback in for the first play. Let's kick the field goal, get some points, and, and, and move on and see if we can get Riley Leonard back out there. But it was. I mean, that was just a bonehead move by Alco. Honestly, I don't think anyone in the country would disagree with that. 
Um, but it, uh, it was a, it was a really good game for for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter kind of was very anticlimactic. But uh, Duke Duke is a solid team. Uh, we definitely learned that Florida State passes another big test in the ACC. So kudos to them. They just they just need to keep winning at this point. Just keep winning. Put your head down, and um, the ACC is theirs to lose. Uh, but Duke Duke looks like a solid team still, and they're going to be a tough out for anyone they play. Yeah, and the ACC needs to thank Florida State because if Florida State would have lost this game, and we're going to get to the North Carolina game in a sec, you might early in or end of October, you might be able to almost write off the ACC just because of, I don't think, I think it'd be hard to still, I don't know, I think that ACC winner if it's and it's going to be if it's Florida State has to be undefeated to make the playoff. I just I don't know. We're going to get to this a little bit later, but I just think there's some really good teams that are going to have one loss that I think would trump a team like possibly a Florida State with one loss to like Duke. So no, yeah, Cole, it, the game changed when Riley Leonard got hurt. Uh, that's just Riley Leonard means so much to Duke. He gutted it out. There were rumors that he wasn't going to play. And then I like watched turn the game on, and he was starting at quarterback. So a lot of things happened, changed with the injury report. But no, that was a, a win that Florida State needed. You can't drop that game. But I agree with you. We cannot take anything away from Duke. That's a well-coached team. And if Mike Elko decides to turn down um, some jobs that will be offered to him, they got a great one there in Duke. Yeah, I mean, Riley Leonard's also just an animal. Tough, tough guy, a guy you want leading your team. So he proved a lot of people uh, kind of what he's built of uh, last night. So moving on, we're going to go to uh, the shocker of the day. Virginia beats North Carolina at North Carolina 31-27. Virginia, the same team that has not beaten uh, an FBS opponent this year. I mean, this was one of the more likely or more unlikely uh, upsets to a top 10 team that would have happened if you were to tell me which which team is most likely to get upset this week I would have said not this one um North Carolina just got done proving themselves officially against Miami last year or last week and I mean Virginia is a horrible team like I said not one win against the FBS team and they do it uh against North Carolina and really they just their defense couldn't stop anyone their defense was not physical enough they they were missing tackles just a horrible look for North Carolina you cannot lose this game uh, this is just a classic North Carolina loss I think that um, kind of when we were factoring in our predictions this year um, before the season it was like this is what North Carolina does they, they lose games they shouldn't they're they're soft sometimes and uh, it, may, it may have just taken them seven weeks to get there or eight weeks to get there but uh, this is what North Carolina does, and, and we thought this year was different, especially after their win against Miami last week, but really just a sad, sad loss um, last last night. I mean, Devontae Walker continued to look good. Drake may look good, barring that last interception where uh, he was, uh, the ball was tipped or he was hit at the end. But, I mean, North Carolina had all the stat leaders of the game, and, and they still couldn't come away with it. It's just it's just an ugly, ugly loss for North Carolina, and you got to feel for those Tar Heel fans. Yep, that's a game you you have to win. Like that simple, simply said, you have to win that game, especially with what you're trying to compete against, and that's Florida State. And this is a team that still has to play Duke and Clemson. So the fact if you're telling me they're going to go two and zero against those two teams, I'm probably going to say no. So I think you. Probably officially eliminated North Carolina last night, if I'm just giving my opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Let's just hop into that game next then, because uh, Clemson doesn't look very special either. Clemson loses in double overtime at Miami. This is the battle we talked about uh, in the preview this week. Uh, the two teams that needed a win 
desperately uh, to see which team was was going to remain relevant this year. And North Carolina uh, and Miami comes away with it. A gutty performance. Huge win for Mario Cristobal uh, at home and double overtime. Yeah, just just a gutsy win for Miami. And and Clemson moves to two and three in the ACC. I mean, this is this is back to back years where Clemson is irrelevant, and we're not even to Halloween yet. It's just it's not a good look for Clemson. They they need to make some changes in that program. Maybe dive into the transfer portal a little bit. Maybe learn to adjust and see what happens. But that's a huge program boosting win for Miami. Um, huge for your over win total on the season, Jeff. And and it it, it was a solid, a solid hard fought game of two programs that were desperate for a win. Um, and they, they took it to the very end, and, but good for Miami, good for Cristobal, uh, and my, Miami needed that, and they get their first win in ACC play. Yeah, Miami plus three on the picks of the week was a nice one to get because it wasn't a great picks of the week uh, slate for me, but no, this is a game that Miami, I mean, two weeks ago they lost at home to Georgia Tech. We all know how that one ended, and it's like one of those things, if they didn't lose that, they're 6-1 and one right now. They lost to North Carolina last week. North Carolina was a better football team. But it's like, man, you coaching mistakes, coaching mistakes, coaching mistakes. Like you run that, you take the knee, and they're 6-1 and one right now. And that's that's got to be a dab. But, yeah, Dabo has to – they got to figure something out in Clemson. I don't know what it is. I mean, I mentioned early in the season uh, in our preview episodes for the ACC that who knows, Dabo might not be coaching too much longer. He just doesn't seem to – like this new era of football and his teams haven't been good and who knows but that's yeah. just my thought on it it's, it's adapt or die and in his in his case it's adapt or retire so we'll, we'll see what what he chooses to do and how he chooses to adjust this offseason it's a big offseason for Clemson uh, moving on Boston College has a Georgia Tech and gets a pretty dominated win uh 38-23 I watched actually a good bit of this game um just because I bet on Georgia Tech and and that just I mean I thought Georgia Tech was better than this and Boston College has really uh they've improved a lot since the beginning of the season they were a down bad team barely beating holy cross getting clowned on by them uh to now they're they put up a huge really good fight up against florida state barely lost that game in there and they're two and two in acc play and i didn't know if this team was was going to get a win uh in acc play this year and uh georgia tech they had a, they had a decent start to the season um and huge win against miami but they're still georgia tech and it was a battle of in my opinion, two teams in the ACC that are trying to not be the worst and overcome their past few years of just below average, just poverty program, and Boston College won it, and it was it was it was a huge one for Boston College. Yeah, Georgia Tech. I also like you. I thought they would win the game, and I bet them in a parlay, and it wasn't even close. And that Castellanos, the quarterback for Boston College, he's pretty good. Like he has. He has some elite skill, and he can run the football. I was, I was impressed by Boston College, and I see how they kind of gave Florida State a game early in the year. All right, moving on to the last one, we have Pittsburgh at Wake Forest. I ended up betting Wake Forest. I got them at plus one and a half on game day. I'm, I'm watching this game. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, we're another game I'm gonna lose. There were so many games I was betting on in this, in this slate where, uh, in that, in that time frame where they looked really good for me all game, and then they went the opposite way towards the end and. And they, they gave one back to us, Jeff. They uh, Wake Forest with a huge comeback. I don't. I was. I turned my eyes away from the game for a second because I thought it was over. And then out of nowhere, Wake Forest had the ball uh, and it was still a two timeout. So I honestly, don't still don't even know what happened there. But uh, way to drive down the field and and come back. But 
Uh, huge win for Wake Forest uh, and just way to come back and get their first win in ACC play. No, I did the exact same thing. I was watching. They threw a pick, and I was like, oh, it's over. I'll turn this off. And then I looked into what happened, and Pitt was – the quarterback was scrambling, and he started to slide. Well, he started to slide like a half a yard before the first down marker. So they ruled it fourth and inches, and they're at their own like 15, so they had to punt away, and then Wake Forest came down and scored a touchdown. Uh, these are just two bad teams. Like, we're – I thought Pitt – we had – I thought Pitt could maybe be competitive in the ACC, but they don't have a quarterback, and they – just can't be competitive if they don't have a quarterback call. Yeah, I mean, Narduzzi, he needs a good defense and a solid quarterback, and he can really upset and scare a lot of teams. I mean, he's already he already got his upset of the year last week. So, But yeah, well, the ACC is really in a one-team race, I would say, to, to make the playoffs. And it's Florida State's to lose. I think if it's not Florida State, then the ACC is once again left out of the playoff. What do you think? Totally agree. I think their only chance is Florida State. And I I think Florida State's got to run the table just because I think the top of this conference is starting to kind of take some hits. And so in terms of we're going to get into strength of schedule soon, excuse me. And when we get into strength of schedule and strength of wins, that's really going to affect some of the top teams in the ACC just with how the ACC is kind of shaving up. So totally agree with you, Cole, one-team race. So let's switch to a conference that is not a one-team race by any means, and that's the Big Ten. Um, we're going to start off with uh, the 49 nothing result last night. Your Michigan Wolverines just dominated from the very first play against Michigan State. It's something Michigan hadn't exactly done from the very start, but they came out and did it, and I was thoroughly impressed uh, Michigan has a quarterback that can finally do things and win you games when he, he didn't need to win them this game, obviously, but like you get into a Penn state, you get into Ohio state, like they have a quarterback that can win the game. And JJ McCarthy is, uh, flying up, uh, draft boards. And I would not be surprised if he's probably the second quarterback taken in the NFL draft. So congrats, Cole. Uh, sad that Michigan State is doing this to the rivalry because it has been a good rivalry the last 10 years of our life, but um, great win. And you guys are might be the new tight end you. Uh, you guys seem to have just all these tight ends. That Barner guy I'd never heard about till last night, and obviously I knew about Colston Loveland, but great win. Congrats. Yeah, the tight ends ate just a complete, uh, complete, complete game for Michigan. Uh, very disciplined in all facets of the game, and uh, there was no weak link there. And this is a, a, a game where Michigan has tended to um, just play good enough when they're clearly the better team against Michigan State in the past. Michigan State puts up a good fight, and Michigan will play just good enough and win a game um, that will leave you desiring more if you're a Michigan fan. But tonight they left no – or last night they left no doubt. Um, and it was just – I wanted to watch every single second of that beating – um, you know me, I hate Michigan State, and we talked about it last week. I just thoroughly enjoyed every second of it. And it was it was just it was just a dominating and I would say personal. Obviously any rivalry game is always personal like this, and it was a personal performance that Michigan put on. Once again, JJ McCarthy does not play a snap in the fourth quarter. He didn't have to play one in the third quarter, honestly, but he played one drive uh in the in the um fourth in the third quarter and and they just they cruise again. 49-0 defense gets on the scoreboard again, and and it, like I said, it was it was just a horrible matchup for for Michigan State. Michigan tends to feast on just quarterbacks who are still trying to find their way uh, in college football, and 
and are, are new to the game and trying to just grow as the weeks go on. And Michigan tends to feast on on guys like that and suffocate those defenses. And um, yeah, I mean, it com- every single facet of the game, Michigan dominated and, and really never let Michigan State breathe. And it was just I love I love seeing that zero on the scoreboard for Michigan State and just a beautiful dominated performance and. After Penix's performance, J.J. McCarthy, now the Heisman favorite. So, love to see that. Yeah, and I'll just say for Michigan State fans tuning into this podcast, they do have some young guys that I would be excited about just for what – I mean, it's this. It's going to have to be a – you're going to have to gut the whole team, basically. All coaches are going to have to be out of here in a few months. And it's sad that this happens, obviously. But you're at the bottom, so there's – luckily in college football nowadays – you can at least go into the portal and become semi-relevant, I would say, in an offseason. If they bring in the right coach, which obviously it's not going to be, well, not going to say obviously, but it's probably not going to be Urban Meyer like everybody wants. Um, obviously, as a Michigan State fan, I would want Urban Meyer. If you don't want Urban Meyer, you don't know college football. So, uh, But just stay in there, Michigan State fans. It's going to be a heck of a basketball season. Um, an elite basketball team performed before this game. There was a scrimmage open to the public, and every all the fans came in. And that team is going to that team can win a national championship. So that'll be fun. Could could you imagine the scandals that would come out when you mash up Urban Meyer and Michigan State, the two the two scandal rich the scandal rich coach with the scandal rich program? I mean, that would be. That would, I think, the world might explode if you were to put those two things together. Because man, that would be that would be something. I mean, you might win some games for sure, but it would be there would be uh, a, a news headline every single day of a new scandal that comes out. Well, hey, that dude's never been in a place in college football <laughs> and not won national championships, except Utah and Bowling Green, and not had a scandal with them. True, and that's that's fair. But hey, wins are wins, and that talks in college football. So I'm going to move to Urban Meyer's former employer that was in college. Ohio State dominated Penn State. It's an eight-point win for Ohio State, but that's due to Penn State scoring uh, a garbage-time touchdown that meant nothing. But this is an elite defense. Um, I'm just going to start there. This defense can win Ohio State a national championship. The offense has question marks, and they're going to be there the rest of the year. I will say for fans – Ohio State's missing Emeka Ibuka, first-round draft pick. They're missing Trayvon Henderson, uh, who is their best running back, and they still were able to dominate a Penn State team. that They didn't dominate offensively. I do want to say something about Penn State. I think James Franklin has made a big mistake this season. Um, If you kind of look at the stats and how Penn State has played the first six weeks of their season before the Ohio State game, they didn't test Drew Aller at all. They ran the football. They ran the football. They ran the football. They threw slant routes. Drew Aller is an elite talent. He There's a reason the kid was a five-star talent. But when you don't do that all year and then you just come into a game against Ohio State where they're loading the box and making you take shots and you haven't done that all year, that's not fair to him at all as a, as a quarterback, especially as a young quarterback that's just getting his feet wet in – college football so I I do want to get that out on the record I think Drew I there's a lot of Drew Aller hate in the in the media right now and I would direct a little bit more of that to the coaching staff and how they've kind of prepared him for a game like this because you Cole's talked about it. it's a three-game season for Michigan uh, at the end of the year this is Penn State's 
this is when their season starts, when you play Ohio State, and now they're playing Michigan in, I think, three weeks. And that's when their season started. And they were not ready to play the game from what they needed to be on offense. They have a great defense. Like, that defense is very good, but Ohio State was able to just do enough offensively, and it came down to the fact that Ohio State has the best offensive player in the country, and he made the plays. It's Joel Klatt, Gus Johnson talking about it the whole game. Um, the difference between Penn State and Ohio State as their teams are very similar because Drew Aller, Kyle McCord, very comparable, both highly touted kids. It's kind of funny. Aller's from Ohio, McCord's from Pennsylvania. They switched and came uh, to the other's state to play college football, but they had Marvin Harrison, and he makes plays. I mean, 11 catches for 162 yards and a touchdown. Um, at this point, it's pretty unanimous that he is going to be probably a top 10 pick, maybe even like Jamar Chase was a few years ago, top five pick. So uh, Marvin Harrison is the difference maker, but Kyle McCord did look shaky, Cole. That's, I, I can definitely agree that Kyle McCord uh, rushed a lot of things, but it's a win they needed to have. And to be honest, I don't think they play Wisconsin next week at Wisconsin. I was not impressed with Wisconsin at all, really. Um, and so I think you're probably looking at them just waiting till the Michigan game. So it was a, it was a great win. And so it's a win that makes you excited. Yeah, congrats to Ohio State on winning the game uh, for second place in the Big Ten. A uh, huge win for them. Honestly, a really good uh, defensive outing for both teams. I mean, those are, these are two very elite defenses. This was the game that I expected Aller to have all season. I was, I've just been waiting for it all season. Um, it happened to, For me, it happened a little later than I thought it would, which is actually, like you said, I think that's on James Franklin, that his wake-up game is, is like – Look, looking horrible game had to happen against Ohio State, which it's because that's when he had to throw. He made a lot. He missed a lot of throws, uh, made some ugly throws, was not just he was uncomfortable the whole time. And I, I said this in, in the preview that if if Ohio State keeps him in the pocket, Aller won't be able to do anything. If, if you watch him, he is the most comfortable and completing most of his, his shots and his throws when he is kind of running outside of the pocket and on the move. And Ohio State did a really good job of just containing him in the pocket, set the edges really well. And, um, yeah, he didn't have a chance. You were never really worried about Penn State moving the ball. Um, you just had to be worried about defensive touchdown, which which we always have, but was negated um, as it should have been due to the hold. And, and yeah, Marvin, Kyle McCord is – uh, he's good enough. Um, he, he can he can win you games. He's just good enough. He, he needs to continue to improve, especially like forget the Michigan game. Yeah, he needs to improve for that. But but even if they have national championship aspirations, that Ohio State will always have every single year. So he does need to continue to improve, and um, especially when you got a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. to throw to, uh, it's he, he is unreal. He will be uh, top ten, top five pick, and. Um, some NFL team is going to be very lucky to have him next year. And all around, good game, just a true defensive battle. Ohio State did dominate, like you said. The score does not reflect what what it actually what the game actually was. And Penn State never really felt like they had um, much of a chance here. And once again, James Franklin is losing the big one. And this was the year he had the most hype. And this was a lot of it. And I know the feelings where Harbaugh was a few years ago. Uh, if not now, when? That's the question. But, uh, yeah, he needed this one, and, and he didn't get it, and it's time to, to move on. Your season's not over. You still have everything in front of you. you got to beat Michigan and hope Michigan beats Ohio State. 
So they're, everyone's just going to continue to go as, as they should. Yeah, and I'm just going to put my hand up again. Cade Stover, X-Factor all the time in these big games. I said it against Notre Dame. He made a massive 30-yard reception late in the third quarter. That kind of got the momentum changed. But next game I want to go into, Minnesota-Iowa. This was exactly how this game was going to be. The under was 30 and a half, and it hit easily. A um, little controversy, Iowa had a... Uh, punt return for a touchdown with a minute and a half left. That should have been a punt return for a touchdown, but they called him for fair catching it, and it was dead. And you know how Iowa is. I mean, they can't score if they have to go score a touchdown. So tough one for you on the uh, bets of the week, Cole. But holy crap, this just made the Big Ten West even more chaotic. Yeah, I'm lucky I started 3-0, but that was that was an abomination of a call. And that, uh, that hurt. That hurt bad. But you know what? Are we surprised that Iowa lost the game twelve to ten? Like, no, that's that's what Iowa is, um, and it's a disgusting game. And they need Brian Ferentz to never come back again. Uh, the defense once is is still so good, but yeah, the West is is who, who's who's gonna decide to step up and win the West? Nobody has any idea. Not a, no one even looks remotely competent. Like this is worse than yet last year, and we didn't think last year was good. Um, this is definitely worse to than a lot of years prior, and it's gonna be a fun race of just gross football, and it's gonna be a sicko race of who wants to win the West, and it's gonna it's it's if you like ugly Big Ten football, then it's gonna be a fun race to watch, and it's gonna be and it will at the very least just be a funny race to watch. Yeah, and I think it's probably gonna be Wisconsin, but who knows? Uh, Rutgers, Indiana. I was wrong on this. I had Indiana plus five and a half. Congrats. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Cole Rutgers. Uh, bowl eligible. So shout out to Greg Schiano. That's a big for them. Wisconsin, Illinois. I had the under 42 and a half and it looked great um, till the fourth quarter when Wisconsin scored 18 unanswered points. And uh, obviously no Tanner Mordecai for Wisconsin. So it's it's business as usual. Wisconsin won a game that they needed and they're probably going to lose next week against Ohio State. Uh, another game, our last game on the slate for the Big Ten. Uh, Northwestern Nebraska. Um, I don't want to spend any time on this because these two teams are, I think, if with Michigan State as the three worst teams and, well, add Indiana into that. So the four worst teams in the Big Ten, Cole. Yeah, Nebraska has, they have been looking better, especially since they sat Jeff Sims. And they, 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 have, looked, they have looked a little better since then. Uh, Matt Rule is, is starting to at least get more wins and get a little more belief there. So it's always, uh, it's always something to watch with a new head coach team. Cause I feel like a lot of them, a lot of those teams develop as the year goes on and their goal is to finish the year strong um, as they learn more. So, I mean, Nebraska with the way the big 10 West is, they're definitely not out of the race uh, for, for sure. They can just keep trying to find a way to win games. I, I definitely think they're not a good team by any means, not at all. Uh, but they've at least looked more competent than they did at the beginning of the year. So just a little team to keep an eye out because a lot of those new head coach teams uh, tend to get better as the year goes on if it's a good head coach. Yeah, and I'll, I want to do this really quick. We, <laughs> This might be our longest podcast on record today, but uh, Big Ten, I think this is. I think you really only have two teams, in my opinion, that have a chance at a playoff just because I don't think – I don't think Penn State can go undefeated the rest of the year. And then a lot of other things obviously need to happen. Um, and if you're telling me four best teams in the country, uh, I think these, I, I not, not, I don't think, I know the two best, two of the best teams in the country are Ohio State and Michigan. So it's one of those things I'm curious if both teams are 11 and 0 and 
whatever happens the last week of the year, if kind of what happened last season, if both these teams can get in. And it's kind of helping because a lot of, I would say these other teams in other conferences are starting to kind of waver, but that's who knows, to be honest. Yeah, Michigan needs to uh, keep killing teams if they want a chance to make it after they, if, if they lose to Ohio State, if they want a chance to make it because uh, their strength of schedule is, is near the bottom. It's not good at all. So they need to keep absolutely dominating teams if they want a chance with their schedule. Or they have to be the one that wins that game against Ohio State, which I expect them to. Um, because Ohio State does have a stronger schedule, um, and and there we've seen it, we saw it happen last year. Ohio State, and, and uh, so Mich- the only way it happens if Michigan loses that game is if I think they keep killing teams. And what ha- what continues to happen around the country of teams losing games they shouldn't lose. Um, but yeah, I agree. Top four teams in the country. Um, I'm just excited for Michigan to play Penn State to really uh, get that first. You know. Maybe have a player play in the fourth quarter, but man, it would be great if he if, if JJ doesn't play in the fourth quarter that game too. But yeah, I mean, it, those top four teams, and it's a it's a battle between Michigan and Ohio State, but Penn State still has everything to play for. They do, um, but it's most likely Michigan and Ohio State. Big Twelve, Cole. Moving on to the Big Twelve, uh, a scary day for the Big Twelve, but they they came out, which is something you can say that uh, not for other conferences. So we'll we'll start with. With the two teams, first we'll start with uh, UCF losing a close one, 29-31 at Oklahoma. Oklahoma escapes maybe a little hangover after uh, that big win in the Red River showdown. And and yeah, Oklahoma, UCF, they get uh, uh, Plumlee back, and that offense changes immediately. They are a lot there. It's a, it's a faster offense. It's a way harder offense to defend as soon as he's back in the game. But Oklahoma, it, it says a lot about uh, a contender if they are able to... Uh, win these games when you start to get a little tight, a little scared, um, and and really put up the points in the fourth quarter to win. So good job, Oklahoma, way to stay alive. But I mean, UCF's not good by any means, and I mean they it shouldn't have been that close. That's for sure. Yeah, Oklahoma coming off a of bye week, and then also the win over Texas. This is one that a lot of the experts were pretty high on being a close game so they survive and advance though the basketball motto indeed they survived and advanced just like another team uh did which was texas uh at houston 31 24 and, and houston was uh driving there uh at the end down down the field and, and texas made made a stop on fourth down uh texas wins this game 31 24 uh quinn Ewers gets hurt uh late in the game and, and uh malik murphy comes in for him and and they just kind of they they just win this game. Uh, Houston is not a good team, and that uh, that's an ugly ugly win for Texas. Um, and and you just you just can't have that. I mean, you can't have your two contenders looking like this. Luckily, they both squeaked away with a win. But really, there's the only conference that honestly their contenders are looking like they should right now is the Big Ten because Texas and Oklahoma not looking good. North Carolina losing. Obviously, ACC with Florida State looks good, but. Um, yeah, just just a weird day for, for the contenders in these conferences. Yeah, Texas, once again, it's another thing. Survive in advance. Um, I don't have too much thoughts on this. I watched it. Houston kind of got screwed on that last drive. It looked like they got a first down, but they didn't. But, uh, yeah, Texas, you got to win these games, and they found a way to win. Yeah, and a lot of times, uh, this is similar to Washington, You, the best-case scenario for a contending team is to squeak away a win in a game you should have lost because you get that same feeling of a loss um, of it wakes you up and like locks you back in without actually having that blemish on your resume. So that is important for some contending teams to, to have that feeling. Yeah, it's still not a good look. 
Moving on here, Baylor at Cincinnati. Only thing I got to say about this is Baylor wins 32-29, and my A-plus pick of the week hits. Um, next one here, Oklahoma State at West Virginia. Um, another big win um, for me as I, I was betting on this game, and, and Oklahoma State just comes through and, and kills uh, West Virginia. They're 5-2 they're and two now, 3-1 and one in the Big 12, and an Oklahoma State team that was looking pretty dang bad um, is starting to look a lot better. So good for them. Yeah, I wrote them off. I wrote them off because they were my surprise team of the Big 12. And next thing I know, they're five and two. Ollie Gordon, almost 300 yards rushing on the ground. West Virginia's kind of fallen off since uh, their hot start that they had this year, Cole. Yeah, Mike Gundy, great coach. And uh, it was irresponsible of all of us to write them off. But hey, we wrote them off. But, but you know what they say, they didn't write back. So yeah, moving on here. Uh, Texas Tech, they hurt you last week, Jeff, and they hurt me this week. I, yeah, I should have learned from you. They lose 14-27, to 27 and they were my surprise team, and what a sad story they are. They, they're just not a good team this year, and it's just, just a shame. And BYU uh, gets another win in this conference of uh, the Big 12 where the newcomers are not doing well. So next up, TCU loses a game to Kansas State, and it was never particularly close, 41-3. to three. Kansas State, once again, in the rematch of the Big 12 championship last year, just absolutely obliterates them. And uh, their two-quarterback system they got going on over there at Kansas State is, so far, it's proven like it's working. And then uh, they're a team that, you know, they could at least challenge, or they're not probably not going to, but challenge Texas and Oklahoma uh, for that Big 12 championship. And I know the Big 12 is praying for that because they do not want these SEC schools to win their win the Big 12 championship this year. Yeah, I would say from a look, just looking at the Big 12 here after eight weeks, um, I would say it's two teams have a chance, and that's Oklahoma and Texas. And Texas is very fortunate that they beat Alabama, and Alabama's looking a lot better because that win um, is going to go a long way come – the end of the season when you're kind of uh, balancing teams. So huge that they won that game, Cole. Yeah, huge. Yeah, Like you said, it's, it's down to Oklahoma and Texas, but we can't trust the Big 12, especially after what happened yesterday. And um, the next two teams up would be uh, Oklahoma State and, and Kansas State. So um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens in this conference. But I wouldn't be surprised if one of those teams somehow squeaks in there just because of that's what the Big 12 is. Um, but yeah, it's most likely going to be tax Oklahoma. So SEC time, uh, I did just talk about Alabama and Cole keeps continuing to try to write this team off and then they go and look bad in the first half. And I'm like, okay, Cole's probably right. He can write them off. And then they score 27 unanswered and come away with a two touchdown win at home against Tennessee. This team's seven and one. And given all that Georgia is going through right now, might be the favorite now in the SEC, in my opinion. So uh, Jalen Milrow just keeps throwing that ball over the top, hitting those deep shots. And they they got some really good running performance from Jace McClellan, which they're going to need. And they even started to run Jalen Milrow a bit. So thank God, because Jalen Milrow has the athletic ability to run, and they haven't been doing it. So uh, Joe Milton looked good in the first half and then looked horrible in the second half. So that's about Joe Milton's career right there, Cole. Yeah, it is. And and. Milrow, he needs to grow up and learn that he is a running quarterback. Uh, he likes to say, I'm not a running quarterback, all that. Doesn't like it. But listen, buddy, you're a running quarterback. You're going to run the ball. You miss a lot of throws that are not that are under 20 yards. You miss a lot of those throws, and, and they're, they're ugly misses. You're a running quarterback that can throw the ball far and hit good deep shots. So stick to what you are, lean into what you are, and maybe your team will have a chance. Um, this was a... 
game of just, you know, better coaching. Uh, Alabama is, you know, you can really tell a team, Alabama is notorious for this, uh, that can adjust and kind of hit that button at halftime. Like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to win this game, nine before. And then it just comes in, and they score 17 in the third quarter, 10 in the fourth, and hold Tennessee to a whopping zero points in the, in the second half. And that's just what good teams do and really well-coached teams will do. Um, is just adjust at halftime and then just suffocate you. And yeah, once once Alabama hit, hit that button at halftime, you like you saw it pretty early on in the third quarter that all right, yep, Alabama's gonna win this game. But quick update, they're still written off from me, and I'm still I'm still off them. Just letting you know. I mean, yeah, they're looking better. Good for them. They are looking better. But I I still haven't gone back to their grave to to dig them back up because they're they're still uh, resting in peace right there for me man i i don't i don't think you're i think it's at the point where you're just never gonna say they're out of the grave even if they win the sec you're probably gonna still say yeah i already have that the, the graves dug so i gotta leave them alone but they're seven and one five and zero oh in the sec two weeks i think is the game against lsu and that's where it's that's where it's going to come down to because that's the big game in the SEC. So Ole Miss is the other team in that I think could challenge Alabama just because they're three and one. They're going to have the tiebreaker over LSU. Um, I don't exactly know how the rabbit hole of tiebreakers work, but LSU goes on the road or Ole Miss goes on the road, beats Auburn. Um, I thought Auburn would give a little better performance. I know they only lost the game by a touchdown, but um, Auburn's just really struggled in year one, a few frees, but Jackson Dart, Lane Kiffin, keep winning, Cole. Yeah, I mean it's it's good for, good for Ole Miss. I mean uh, they they didn't cover um, at least that not the the line I took them at. Uh, Auburn's a tough place to play, and um, they're they're doing everything that Auburn should be in their in their inaugural season uh, with Hugh Freeze um, and just kind of being competitive. Obviously, this is going to be a a, t- a long rebuild, especially with the quarterbacks situation in Auburn, but. Um, they can continue to put up uh, good fights against good teams, and um, but Ole Miss, this is a game I feel like they lose in the past, and, and they came away with it. So, so it was all around, just that's, that's just a normal SEC game in my opinion. Uh, Army LSU, we're not going to spend any time on this. Sixty-two nothing LSU honored Army with some cool end zones. So shout out to them for that. Missouri goes on the road, or Missouri's at home against South Carolina, dominates them thirty-four to twelve. Missouri seven and one. Uh, could they beat Georgia in a few weeks? Who knows. And then Arkansas, Mississippi State. I mean, this game, I did not watch any of this. Cole picked it right. Um, but oh my gosh, seven to three. This is not the Big Ten West, but it sure seemed like it with that scoreline. Yeah, I watched uh, every second of this game um, just because it was an A plus pick and I got a, I got a ride with my picks. And man, that was just exactly what I was picturing when I picked this game. Just. Mississippi State and uh, being a good enough defense to stop a team like Arkansas. And this is a game that I feel like Arkansas will just, offense will just stop breathing for some reason. And yeah, it worked out exactly how I thought it would. And yeah, that's all I got to say. I was right with that A-plus pick and I felt really confident about it. It played out exactly how I was picturing it too. So breaking the SEC real quick and then we're going to get into the Pac-12 and get you guys out of here. I think the SEC is a two-horse race for the playoff as well. I think uh, LSU having two losses, even if they ran the table, I don't see it happening. I know no team has ever gotten in with two team or two losses, but I think it's Alabama, it's Georgia. Um, it's one of those things that I don't think we'll get two SEC teams, especially if we get down to the end and it's like you have Ohio State and Michigan to put in, or you have uh, 
Georgia and Alabama. Well, Alabama's going to have a loss for sure, um, and I just don't. I just don't think that those two are better than Michigan and Ohio State. So who knows? I mean, they have put two SEC teams in, but I think those are the only two teams, Cole, from a playoff standpoint that we need to be paying attention to. Yeah, in my opinion, it's it's only Georgia because Alabama's uh, they're still resting in their grave so uh because what's going to happen is Ole Miss is going to go to Georgia they're going to lose um and then LSU is going to win out they're going to beat Alabama and they're going to be in the SEC championship and maybe they'll win maybe they won't but Georgia will be in just because of their schedule and yeah I mean I don't know how good Georgia is I mean we could see a SEC uh miss the miss the playoff this year I, I don't I doubt it but I mean it's very possible with the, this is SEC is down compared to years past um, but I'm still riding high on LSU because I can almost guarantee Ole Miss with another loss at Georgia. I guess you can't guarantee it with where they're lost, with Georgia, where Georgia is at right now. But uh, I think LSU, everything is still in front of them as far as winning the SEC is concerned. Um, they just, they're just going to go run through Bama and we'll see them in the championship. So uh, that's that's how I feel about LSU. And I've, I've never left them. I've always been on them. I've always said that they're going to be the team that, that comes out. Uh, the SEC, and I, I'll never, never waver from them. Oh, you never wavered? I don't know about that. Never. Let's uh, never take us home, uh, <laughs> Pac-12 Cole. Yep, putting my putting my Pac-12 hat on. Just uh, another day of deliverance uh, for the Pac-12. They just coming, coming through and showing us why we love this beautiful conference on the West Coast uh, as we are beginning to lay them uh, to rest uh, and we're coming to a close in their season forever arizona state we're just gonna start with this one late last night i know you stood up for it i was up for it uh washington beats arizona state at home 15 to 7 where they never looked good arizona state had a defensive scheme that somehow made pendex look like a very normal quarterback he had two interceptions a fumble and there were a lot of fumbles in this and there was turnovers all over this game for, for washington they looked ugly um, they had uh, Arizona State was uh, within the in the red zone, throws a pick six for Washington to take the lead, ten to seven, and yeah, I mean it was just it was just an ugly game for Washington. They didn't score a single offensive touchdown for this high powered offense, and going into this game, a going into this game, a leader in the Heisman and Michael Penix, and yeah, Arizona State might have exposed Washington and, and the scheme you need to draw up on defense to beat them, but. Teams go through this. Uh, they were rushing, uh, basically rushing five or six and throwing just that linebacker up the A-gap every time. And Michael Penix's timing was uh, was completely off, and it was just an ugly, ugly game for Washington. Yeah, 28.5-point uh, favorites Washington was, and obviously they weren't even close to covering. And who knows? I, I don't understand how Arizona State had such a good game plan when last week Washington looked like LSU 2.0. So, yeah. That was a weird game, but they won, and that's what you, you got to do. You just got to win those games. doesn't matter if you win it. Yep, moving on, uh, Washington State, what a downfall they've had as they started really hot. They lose to Oregon 24-38. I mean, a 14-point loss isn't isn't bad in Oregon, but Oregon continues to roll. Uh, they have they just have to continue to, to win out this year, uh, which so they pass this next test, and they got to win out and hopefully see Washington back in the Pac-12 championship where I will be in attendance in Las Vegas, which I, I plan on doing, uh, taking over, uh, posting a lot on Twitter videos of the scene there in Vegas. And I'll be, I'll be documenting live from, from Vegas, from our, uh, our social media accounts. Um, so that, that'll be a fun, a fun little perspective for, for the, for the pod. All right, moving on to the game of the day in the Pac-12, uh, 
number 14 Utah, heads to number 18 USC, and uh, they win another one. Again, uh, stop me if you've heard this before. Uh, Utah beats USC 34-32, and uh, Michael Penix, I know, Michael Penix, uh, Caleb Williams continues to look like a human, um, not like he's looked all year. Uh, there are some stats that came out against when he plays a top 25 defense of his stats really aren't that good when he plays a competent defense. I still think he's a great quarterback, but it's not looking good for him. Um, I don't think I looked at his nails. I don't think I saw any profanity uh, pointed towards Utah in this game, but Utah just Utah does what they do and they just dom- not dominate, but just beat USC and uh, USC is officially out of the playoff race. And I love to hear it. And, and Utah is just a team, a fun team to root for. Uh, Kyle Winningham's a great coach, and um, Utah did announce that they will not have Cam Rising the rest of the year. They'll, they'll go for a medical redshirt, I, I'm uh, assuming, on this one. Um, and this game delivers like it does every single year. It was an electric game, a fun game, great atmosphere. It was rowdy there at the Coliseum, and uh, good for Utah. I mean, their their season is still, they're fully in that Pac-12 race to make it to Vegas, and an absolute amazing game and it delivered from what we saw from them in regular season last year yeah shout out bryson barnes i mean he made a unbelievable scramble for i think it was like 25 yards to get him in field goal range and that's just i mean kid was a walk-on and that's just really cool to see and these two teams provide fireworks every time they play and now you get into the question like you mentioned on the preview episode does caleb williams keep playing the rest of the year who knows because he's definitely going to be the number one pick so I don't know, Cole. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Bryson Barnes, he's just a guy who is continuing to get better every single week. Yeah, I mean, like, like that's a, that's the story. You're, you just keep throwing him out there, and he's gonna get better. He doesn't. He doesn't have a lot of experience, or any experience going into this year. Uh, so he's just gonna keep getting better, and, and good for him. Love to see. Love to hear the walk-on stories. You always love that. Uh, last game here is uh, UCLA at Stanford, uh, and UCLA just pretty much. Uh, does what they should against a horrible team. And, and UCLA is, uh, they're, they're, unless the Pac-12 just eats themselves up, they're not going to have a chance to make it to the to the Pac-12 championship. But they're, they're, they're going to be a tough out for anyone who goes to play them. And this is not a bad UCLA team at all. Um, and yeah, they win this game 42-7. to So the playoff outlook for this conference is, right now I think there's uh, there's three teams that have a chance here. It's, it's Utah, um, it's Oregon and it's Washington and and it's and the in that opposite order of who is the most likely to make it. Um, Oregon, I would say, has a really good shot still. They just need to win out and they need to not cannibalize each other. That's what the uh, Pac-12 always does. Washington seems to lose games like they uh, played yesterday and they came away with a win, which is absolutely huge for this conference and huge for them. But Utah is sneaky they are very well coached team they have a very good defense and and you can't overlook utah if you're oregon or washington um and it's going to be just a really exciting race for the pac-12 as we come down the stretch here yeah and i mean three games down the stretch for washington i mean in two weeks they go at usc and obviously yes usc lost and everything but usc only has one loss in the pac-12 and obviously this is a big what if but if they run the table they're going to win a Pac-12, or they're going to get to a Pac-12 championship. So they still have some things to play for. Yeah, they're out of the playoff. But Washington has to still play them on the road. They get Utah at home, which obviously, if we just saw what Arizona State does did to Washington, who knows what a really good defense in Utah will do. And then Washington has to go at Oregon State. So that's a pretty tough stretch, I would say. So I'm with you, though, Cole. I think those three... Who knows, though, Oregon State could sneak into that. Um, They're ranked higher than Utah is. Well, I think actually maybe not after today 
with the uh, AP poll and everything. But I just think if you look at it, Washington is going to probably be their best bet. But, I mean, who knows when you come down the stretch in this season. You just don't know what to expect when you have Washington, you have a good Oregon team, you have a good Oregon State team. And like Cole said, you just hope they don't cannibalize each other because that could be an absolute killer for them. But who knows? Yeah, I agree. I forgot about Oregon State. I mean, they still have everything in front of them. They have a solid defense. They can they can surprise a lot of people. Um, so yeah, that uh, Pac-12 is turning out pretty much how we expected, I think. And it's just going to be fun fun to watch uh, this race finish out and see if they cannibalize each other and, and who can come out on top. But it's just going to be fun to watch. And as uh, the rest of the season is just going to be a blast to watch because it's not just a Pac-12 story. This is an all-college football story. Uh, we're really getting to the games that uh, are starting to mean even more. Uh, you're going to start getting a lot more pressure situations and it is it is just the time to watch football. You know, coming into late October, early November, um, into those that last week of the year when uh, you're playing your rivals, and it's just it's just this is when you just love love ball, and this is what makes you a college football fan. And yeah, I've been I've been having a blast this year. Yeah, it's been a great year for college football, and all I can say is I think it is going to be even better in the, when we get to this last month of November, and then obviously to our. Uh, bowl and uh, conference championship season. So we do want to say this really quick. Um, I think our plan is going to be not this week, but the next week uh, we want to do a quick college basketball preview. Um, I don't know if we're going to have three episodes or two episodes, how we're going to do that, but do be on the lookout for that. Like we talked about on the past episode that we do want to talk college basketball, but we are excited for the change of season here, but we are still locked into college football, and that is exactly what we're going to bring to you week in and week out. Any final thoughts, Cole? Nope. It's, it's a beautiful time of year, especially when we start getting both uh, both balls playing, football and basketball. And uh, yeah, it's just it's, you're, we're filled with excitement and, and that little preseason feeling we felt for football. I'm starting to feel for basketball. And yeah, it's just, it's just a beautiful time of year. Well, lock in, people, because we have sports all day, every day. Um, and when we get into basketball season, that will only continue. So we'll see you next week for a week nine preview episode. And we got some really good games in week nine. Have a good rest of your week.